Hello and welcome to Connected Generation. My name is Nikia Anani and I am your host. This week's episode was so cool. <laughs> I was joined by a hypnotherapist. Imagine, that was just absolutely mind-blowing for me. And his name is Shane Towers and he's based in the UK and has been helping people to transform how they speak to themselves for two decades. So really it's a self-communication expert and he's helped folks have dealt with trauma, abuse, depression and anxiety and has co-founded a movement called the Dialogue of Self-Liberation which really speaks to helping people to develop the mindfulness of self-communication to nurture self-forgiveness and self-compassion. And he helps people all over the world that want to improve and enhance their quality of self-communications. I really enjoyed this conversation. I could have 20 conversations with Shane. I found his work phenomenal. We spoke a lot about transformation, self-communication, and the transformational power of the creative mind, mindset, etc. So we all need this. <laughs> I know I needed this conversation. And so I'd encourage you to tune in. Enjoy. Thank you. Hi, Sheen. I'm so excited to have you today on The Connected Generation. You're so welcome. Thank you very much for inviting me. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, I must say, this is an area that I'm green, and I'm sure a lot of listeners are as well. Um, you are a hypnotherapist um, and a self-communication expert. Can you tell us more about how did you get to where you are today? What was your life journey? Yeah. Okay, okay. In, in respect to the work that I do, um, that I've done for the last two decades, I uh, was introduced many years ago to a gentleman whose name was Vernon C.F. Bell, uh, Vernon was my friend, first and foremost, elderly gentleman who lived in uh, Stratford in the East End of London. And um, we, we became friends because of a, a shared interest in martial arts. Vernon is famously known as the uh, founding father of the British karate movement in 1957. Um, and uh, we both share, mm. shared an interest in, uh, in martial arts. And so I used to go and visit him because I, I enjoyed his company. And uh, he was a cheeky imp, imp of a man. He had a very mischievous uh, sense of humour. And he was also very blunt as well. And um, so I never wanted to become a therapist at all. Mm. I was visiting him one day and he said to me, um, I'm going to ask you a straight and simple question. Only a yes or no will do. Do you or do you not wish to study hypnotherapy with me? You don't have to answer now, but before you leave here this afternoon, I want you to either give me a yes or a no. Is that all right? <laughs> That's what he said. And the thing was, um, unbeknown to many people, he was also a very, very experienced hypnotherapist. He was a founder member of the British Association of Therapeutic Hypnotists in 1951. And um, he'd spent his whole life helping people. Mm -hmm. And um, so... He asked me this question and, and uh, for the next several hours, I was racking my brains trying to come up with a reason why I would say no. Mm. And I realized that I respected him too much to give him a very poor excuse, a reason why I would say no. And that's the only reason I said yes, is because I respected him too much to give him a poor, a poor reason why not. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, I started to study with him and I studied with him for the last four years of his life and he took me through a process. and unbeknown totally unconsciously I'd been stuck for 20 years of my life in very negative self-limiting and self-abusive patterns of internal dialogue 
so to speak. I'd gotten into uh, the habit of um, believing unhelpful beliefs about myself. Mm. And I had no idea that I had even adopted those habits and patterns. And he basically helped me to identify the stories I'd been telling myself about myself because of experiences I'd been through in my past that were upsetting, traumatic, abusive. And, um, and we, we end up, because we're feeling beings, we, we, we take on board so much mm. and, and we end up feeling scarred, you know, battered. And then we communicate about the past in the mm. way we speak to ourselves about ourselves, whether through words or repetitive imagery, replaying old hurtful memories, we communicate about the past as if it were the present or the future. Hmm. And then we remain stuck in the same cycles because we keep on replaying those things over and over. And um, unfortunately, we're generally speaking, we're not taught how to let go of those hmm. kind of habits. So hmm. basically what he taught me is how to let go of those habits. And for the last 20 years, I've been helping people, taking them through the same process he took me through and uh, helping people to uh, um, develop the ability to communicate toward themselves in simply non-limiting ways. That's so powerful. I have so much to ask or comment on. Firstly, firstly, um, you said um, your karate teacher asked you, you know, whether you'd like to join him on this journey and you didn't want to say no. <laughs> uh, um, typically um obligatory yeses don't necessarily lead us to a place of discovery of purpose but for you it seemed like this unlocked um self-discovery self-awareness and the whole journey in yes. terms of your vocation to help other people as well with their trauma um I find that just absolutely fascinating and so so powerful and you spoke about um self-limiting dialogues mm. um the stories we tell ourselves the past events that we keep replaying in our minds whether through words images I, th I think that's just so so fascinating and you said we've not been taught to learn how to let go mm. and so 101 what is hypnotherapy <laughs> and how does it help one to let go okay um well, I, I, just, I don't like the term hypnotherapy or hypnotherapist to mm -hmm. describe the work that I do. If people have called me or got in touch or been recommended to me, this is one of the first things I say to them. Um, whilst um, I trained um, thoroughly as a hypnotherapist with, with my teacher and I utilise hypnotherapeutic applications as part of the work, I don't like to describe it in that way. Instead, I, I tend to describe the work I do is I help people to identify negative patterns of internal dialogue or self-speak, mm -hmm. stories we tell ourselves about ourselves. And then I help them to harness the creative capacity of their imagination. That's powerful. Yeah. And then um, I help them. I act as a guide, basically, to help them maybe revisit old old memories, but to totally transform how they choose to view those memories, how they perceive those memories, what they do with the memories. So um, 
I use a lot of metaphor and symbolism in the work because that conveys things to the non-conscious mind or the more imaginative aspects mm. of our mind. And um, uh, I, there are lots of little sayings that I use. And one of them is, um, you know, does do does our imagination serve us or are we a slave to it by imagining mm. the worst? <laughs> um, and so if we can train our, our ability to harness our imagination so that it actually serves us, mm. then it's it's a little bit like um, we have the ability then to revisit any old hurtful, painful, traumatic memories and do something totally different with them so that the uh, mental or emotional magnetism in those memories becomes drained Mm. So that the memories no longer have any uh, any power to influence how we think or feel or what we believe about ourselves or how mm. we act in the now. It kind of allows things to like wipe the slate clean mm. and allows us to be present in the moment rather than, uh, you know, stuck in the past or worrying about a future in which in our imagination, we're still repeating the same old um, habits and patterns and carrying carrying very negative beliefs about ourselves hmm. this this is fascinating um so can we practicalize it a little bit just perhaps you can give an example of um whether it's hypothetical or someone you've helped that's suffered through trauma abuse depression anxiety and how you help them to move from what was it you said you you said a line that was just so powerful moving from being able to harness the creative capacity of the mind. Yes. Um, yeah. Can you just give us an example? Um, uh, okay. So um, yeah, over the last uh, couple of decades, I've um, uh, sadly worked with, um, I say sadly, cause it's a, a sad reflection on, on what goes on. Uh, I've worked with uh, a lot of people who've been raped, a lot of people who've been sexually uh, uh, abused sometimes uh, um, systematically as, as children or as, as adults, young adults, uh, people who've been in um, vi- very violent relationships, people who've been attacked, all, all sorts of really awful, awful trauma. Mm. Um, and there's, uh, there's an interview that I would recommend. Um, uh, there's a, a website which we have myself and my uh, my co-creator um, of the dialogue of self-liberation which is what I call this work developing the dialogue of self-liberation um, and um, we have a YouTube channel called uh, get out of your own way and uh, there's uh, several interviews there with people who have um, uh, gone through the process of developing the dialogue of self-liberation and there's a, a wonderful woman called Helen an mm. interview with Helen um, Helen um, describes very courageously some of the things she's been through in her life. Um, and uh, she, she's, um, she's a great communicator and a wonderful um, example of what's possible mm. to um, not to rise above so many um, terribly abusive experiences. And yet to choose at the end of it all to not be defined by what's happened to us in the past, Hmm. but instead to define ourselves by what we choose to do with the experiences we've been through. And she was um, uh, 29, 
stone or so, I think, maybe even a little larger, confined mm-hmm. to a wheelchair. Um, Helen is an albino, confined to a wheelchair, told she'd never walk again. Um, and uh, she one day decided to change it all. Wow. She was registered blind. Um, uh, and um, she decided to turn everything around. And uh, I met her after shortly after a while she'd been uh, un- going through this process of totally reassessing her relationship with herself how she communicates toward herself i was introduced to her to to kind of help her um and um by a mutual friend and um yeah she she's been through an awful lot uh, attempted murder rape and murder and um so she went from that heavy, confined to a wheelchair, told she wouldn't walk again, to uh, being 10 stone in weight, regaining her sight, dancing. Um, And, uh, I mean, she's she's a wonderful advocate for um, what's possible when we transform how we communicate toward ourselves about ourselves. She's a wonderful motivational speaker. So I would recommend check out that interview with Helen um on on the youtube channel that's absolutely phenomenal so she went from being blind to seeing again losing weight um yes and then she was given a um a a diagnosis of terminal non-hodgkin's lymphoma and uh was told she had uh, about five months to live and to tell her family she has a wonderful family and um she uh decided to not go down the aggressive chemotherapy route that they were going to try and push her through and Mm. she addressed it with all natural means um and she is um disease free Mm. he's uh um you know flying in the face of the prognosis completely and utterly um and uh, part of the work i was doing with her was to help her to communicate with the cells of the body um to maximize the body's capacity to to heal this is just so so the power of the mind is it's foundational for whatever transformation we want to see um people often think transformation is an act but it's a state of being often um it flows from the mind out can you speak to that um scientifically or i don't know what's how do you how how you said you helped her to get to this place I guess the million dollar question is how because we all want to we all want to obviously we might not have been such extreme situations where we're in a wheelchair or we've got a terminal disease um, or we we need to lose weight but a lot of us are carrying emotional scars like you kind of alluded to Um, and so how (laughs) with with the uh the as i say the work that i do i refer to this as the dialogue of self liberation and um so the the f- the work is in two halves really the first part is um really really vitally important and that's the, developing the skill of the mindfulness of self communication mm-hmm. this is the first thing that uh, vernon my teacher emphasized the very first day i went to study with him He said that this is the first skill you need to acquire is the ability to monitor what you're actually saying to yourself about yourself from Mm. moment to moment. 
And uh, as he put it, is what you're saying to yourself in this moment an example of replaying an old hurtful memory or an imagination based on an old hurtful memory Mm -hmm. or imagining a future in which you continue to feel rubbish about yourself or doubt yourself or feel lacking in confidence or defining yourself with um, an image which is not helpful to you? If so, and you're fed up with that stuff, make absolutely certain that you don't communicate about any of it in the present tense or the future tense. Hmm. This is really important because um, our problems persist because unconsciously we talk about the past as if it were the present or the future. And we we do so in little words. It's so sneaky, like the word am. Hmm. Or is, is gives a a definition to something, you know, my, like my problems, Hmm. my insecurity, my self-doubt. Yeah. And when we, when we use the word my, we claim ownership over the thing. Like it belongs to me, it's mine. And we say these things completely unconsciously. uh, I'll never. Hmm. Why does it always happen to me? Hmm. There's a subtext there which implies we've already surrendered our sense of self and our self, our belief about ourselves to the idea that there is something wrong with me or, or that, it, that it always happens to me. Mm. Yeah, What's wrong with me? There's another one that, that mm. implies the belief that there's something wrong with me. But uh, it's a very common one. You know, why does it always happen to me? And we say these things unconsciously. And every time we do, our subconscious mind is listening for the programming we're feeding it (laughs) yeah and if we keep saying it always happens to me look what happens i always make the same mistakes yeah i'll never manage to make anything of myself i'm not confident i am there's the word am i Mm. am not confident i have no confidence (laughs) yeah people don't like me yeah (laughs) Etc. We say so many hurtful things to ourselves about ourselves when ordinarily we wouldn't dream of speaking to another human being like that. And yet societally, we've become conditioned through the use of language to accept the notion that it's somehow okay to be an abuser unto ourselves when we would never, ever dream of being like that to another person. And it's so wrong. It is so, so wrong. And I mean, you know, just thinking back to our conversation, I don't want people to think that this is about your personal life, um, just about your personal life, but also uh, this is even, I believe, even more applicable as an entrepreneur. Um, it was the first, the, the first time I had to confront, I didn't have the language for it. Like you said, the mindfulness of self-communication. Um, Um, the first time I had to confront limiting beliefs was when I was an entrepreneur and I dealt with immense fear, anxiety, confidence. Um, And yeah, like you said, these stories that I would tell myself in the present tense and even in the future tense, Mm -hmm. um, I would be predicting gloom and doom. And I had to really catch myself. So I really want us to speak a little bit more of, I know you do work with entrepreneurs. What what common limiting beliefs do you see them having? And um, what what practical steps can they take? What tips do you have for them to 
to change that language? That's a great question. So um, uh, I've I've worked and have uh, regular clients who I work with who are highly successful, self-made multimillionaire um, type people who I actually really get on well with. They're very nice people. Um, but there's a question that um, those those people that uh, may be very successful in their career and yet underneath it, mentally and emotionally have been carrying a lot of baggage from the past. Self-doubt, self-doubt, lack of hmm. uh, lack of self-worth, hmm. imposter syndrome, feeling that other people don't really believe that they are. Uh, that they are good at what they don't are actually good at, you know, la- lack of confidence, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sometimes uh, mental and emotional clutter that, that they've carried around because of maybe past relationships that have been yeah. traumatic or family tra- um, traumas or, or relationships that have been challenging with family members um, so I, I often ask them, what, what really quantifies success? Hmm. And I believe, really, that um, if we can train ourselves out of the habit of giving ourselves an unnecessarily hard time in the way we communicate toward ourselves, then everything else becomes a bonus. That's, that's true success. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. we can learn how to stop beating ourselves up unnecessarily, that's true success. And then everything else is a bonus in whatever aspects of your life, mm-hmm. whether in relationships or professional uh, career development, um, everything else flows better when we're no longer beating ourselves up. So a really strong component to this work is uh, the development of self-forgiveness and mm-hmm. self-compassion. Uh, self-forgiveness first and foremost is because how Um, If we don't learn how to forgive ourselves for not having known how better to deal with the challenges we've been through in our past, because how could we? How can we Mm -hmm. gain experience of something until we learn? Mm -hmm. Uh, But then we beat ourselves up, um, maybe for many years, because we didn't know how better to deal with things at that time. So we, we need to learn how to forgive ourselves uh, a dear friend of mine once said to me, forgiveness frees the soul of the forgiver. Yeah. So if we does. can learn, mm. so if we can learn how to forgive ourselves, we free our own soul. Uh, and then by doing so, this then can lead towards self-compassion. Uh, and how can we really be compassionate toward others if we're not compassionate toward ourselves? Mm. So this is a, a strong component in the dialogue of self-liberation. So powerful. Um, uh, for your skeptical listener <laughs> that's like oh this all sounds a bit woo-woo um really though in life it's about leadership it's about relationships it's really about the interpersonal as opposed to the intrapersonal um what do you have to say to them about the role of understanding self well, I would say that um, this is anything but woo-woo. So, um, science is verifying um, the uh, the framework that that um, what I'm what I'm describing here is 
that even there, there are scientific uh, studies that um, come, came out not so long ago saying that um, even trans- the transformation of one single word mm-hmm. in a person's self, self-talk can absolutely radically transform their experience mm. and their perceptions. So the, the uh, scientific research that's being done into this field is just growing and growing and growing. This is absolutely um, very, there's nothing mysterious or woo-woo about any of this. Um, the, the harnessing of the creative capacity of the imagination also to, to affect how we perceive ourselves and the situations that we're in. Mm-hmm. So um, in a business context as well, if a person wants to improve themselves, if they're not prepared to look at themselves in a transparently honest way to identify if they've been carrying around self-limiting beliefs, then they're not really investing in themselves or their own uh, future development. Hmm. They're shying away from something very important there. Yeah, that's such um, an important critical point in that my mentor always says that the life of an entrepreneur, if you're not interested in your personal self-development, then get out because it's all about self-development. <laughs> and Absolutely, at its core. Absolutely, at its core. And you spoke a little bit about the transformational power of the creative mind. Can we speak more to that? I, I love transformation. I love speaking, understanding about how the mind has the potential to create because we we often ascribe so much importance and weight to you know as though creativity innovation is this existential thing that you know but as opposed to being from a state of being Mm. um so can you explain more about that well um we all if I if I ask people the question very often, uh, do you have a good imagination? Um, I'd say 98% of the time everyone says yes, mm-hmm. because we have. And so I would ask people, you know, can you, uh, uh, if I was to say to you the colour purple, can you imagine it? And mm-hmm. pretty much people can. If you can imagine the scent of freshly cut, uh, freshly cut grass on a summer's day, and people can imagine these things, or the scent of a rose or whatever. And if a person um, answers in, in that way, then uh, I say to them that well, you ha- your imagination is a, a really mighty and powerful tool that you can harness to help you to grow. Hmm. It's, it, you just have to work out um, the most appropriate way for you as an individual to utilise it. So, as I mentioned, you know, we very often um, uh, become a slave to our imagination and so, for instance, imagine this in a, a, a business context. A person has to go to a meeting mm-hmm. where they know that that's going to be a challenging conversation they're having maybe with a, a board of directors or something like that. This is actually a true story <laughs> from a client of mine. Um, and um, so the client had to go and uh, give some news that wasn't going to be particularly well received mm. to a board of directors. Um, but having understood that um, there's great there's a great influential power in communicating to a group of people not about the past 
as if it were the present or the future, but only in the past tense. So all of the things that he needed to do to communicate the things he needed to communicate to the board of the directors, um, he spoke about in the past tense. Well, I, I've discovered that this has been happening rather than this is happening. Hmm. These are the problems we have now or in, this is not looking good. Hmm. He spoke about it only in the past tense. And of course, by doing so, they they were not being prodded or poked and they were quite um, taken aback at how confidently he, he controlled the conversation mm-hmm. and um, managed to turn the whole meeting around so that uh, it kind of suited his purpose in that particular way. Um, and it, it, it just minimised the potential alarm at mm. what he had to uh, to to convey to them. And so there was much more room for creativity because people don't like being pushed or poked or prodded. <laughs> they get very defensive or are annoyed or, or attacking, counter-attacking. But when there's none of that, it allows for a much more creative space to open up. So our imagination then can lead us to finding new solutions. Mm. Mm. And what's really interesting also is often as entrepreneurs and business owners we're always looking for that next level growth in the business right um new market new opportunity new this new that and pushing things forward greater market share greater innovation what have you but often there's investments into things but not into the mind to prepare the mind for the new level of of transform to get to that level of transformation because if your mind is not can't doesn't believe it's attainable it's um or you're deserving of it um you are competent enough to break through these barriers then you literally discount yourself from many opportunities i've come across clients that um i'm coaching and on the surface of things, they're very successful. But when they're presented with opportunities that they would love and dreamt of um, embarking upon, they shrink back and then start saying, well, I actually, can I do it? Um, I've been asked yeah. to come on national TV to talk about X or I've been asked to for this opportunity with a national um, business, a household name, and I have to present to a team of 15, can mm. I actually do it? Um, for those folks that are struggling with this confidence, what practical tips do you have for them? Um, that's a great question. So there, there was a client of mine who had um, a crippling um, uh, stage fright when having to speak to a group of people and in her particular role in her business, that was one of the things that she had to do. She had to uh, get behind a mic and speak to a big room full of people. And she would be mortified leading up to it because she was t- talking to herself on the inside, telling herself over and over again stories that would just reinforce the belief that she doesn't have what it takes and that, that as soon as she tries to speak, the words won't come and so on. So she was programming herself in those ways. And with a little bit of work, what she managed to to realize is that actually that as soon as she started to speak, the fear went and she, hmm. she was a wonderful communicator. 
and people were coming up her, um, uh, you know, boss straight after one of the first times she spoke, came up and said, that was amazing. But it was just in the build up to it. (laughs) So what we managed to do is to transform that fear into excitement. Yeah. And again, it's all about perception. So there was no difference apart from how she um, managed to transform the way she perceived the build-up. Hmm. And what it was building up to was a release which allowed her to shine. That's it's really a totally different way of looking at things, you know. I can 1,000% relate to this. Um, as we were speaking before I, we started recording, I just recently moved. And in the month before leaving Nigeria... There were days where I'd wake up physically, feeling physically sick, like I want to vomit. Like, God, yeah. Moving all the way halfway across the world, don't know what my life would be like, don't know what the kids' life would be like, my husband's, you know, just having this sense of dread. And I remember um, I had a conversation with a friend of mine and she was kind of affirming that fear, like, oh my God, you guys are so bold, you're moving halfway across the world. And in that conversation, I was like, no, but realize that we're risk averse beings naturally mm. as human beings. And we have to really tell our minds what to think. Mm. Um, and I'm averse to loss. I'm averse to negative out- outcomes, but they're also positive things that will be there. So instead of dreading, I'm excited. I'm excited. I don't know what's going to be there. It's an adventure. That's it. Yeah. It's a new season of life. That's an adventure. And really, so whenever I'd start to have those negative thoughts, I literally had to keep telling my mind, this is exciting. This is adventurous. This is daring. This is, and honestly, that was just the key to it for me. Yeah, it makes all the difference. There's a metaphor that I I use, which is um, like having been wearing the wrong pair of glasses. You know, if you've ever tried on someone else's glasses and it's like, it's just ridiculous, you can't see. Uh, but then take those off and someone else, else will say, oh, try mine. And you'll put those on. And then suddenly it's like, oh, my God, now I can see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been looking at ourselves in many respects um, through the uh, I'm not good enough glasses. Mm. Or it's all too much. I can't cope or, you know, mm. all kinds of things. Um, so it's through through a little bit of focused work. And, and um, generally speaking, so the. Uh, they, there's a, a website which I have which uh, um, teaches this methodology in a couple of courses. We have a, an audio course uh, which is downloadable via an app, and also um, we have a live program uh, spanned out over five weeks uh, with a small group of people via Zoom uh, at the same time each week for five weeks, um, where we go through the, through the material. Uh, and the audio exercises, which uh, help the person to literally uh, methodically transform how they communicate toward themselves, how they actually speak toward themselves about themselves. And um, through through this, uh, through a little bit of focused work, the, the transformational potential is massive, mm-hmm. has very far re- far reaching implications and it becomes a life skill. So if we can train ourselves out of the habit of communicating toward ourselves in unhelpful ways or self-abusive or self-limiting ways, then, as I mentioned earlier, everything else is a bonus. 
because we're then free to be present where we actually are now and to engage with things uh, not based on old hurts or wobbles or insecurities or self-doubts, but based upon being present and uh, authentic in the moment. Wow. Um, Sheen, thank you. This has been phenomenal. Um, I can talk about this all day long, literally. (laughs) Um, But you've done this topic so much justice. Um, You've got an abundance of experience and insight, which is just, I just absolutely love it. Thank you very much. If anyone would like to get hold of you, how best can they reach you? Um, Well, I would say to uh, go to the website, which is learntdsl.com. TDSL stands for the Dialogue of Self-Liberation. So, yeah, learntdsl.com. And, uh, yeah, you'll see there there, that you can contact us, uh, myself and my uh, co-creator, Peter Truman, who lives in Cambodia. And uh, we created the website and the uh, the courses together. Um, And... uh, so, yeah, check out the website, learntdsl.com, and uh, join the, uh, either of the programs that we have on offer. We also um, conduct a, a community call, which is completely free. Um, and this is uh, on every other Saturday. Um, and uh, we pick a subject. And just it's just really for sharing with people a conversation about subjects to do with the challenges that any of us would face currently mm. in, in the modern world mm. um, to develop a sense of community and to share and support each other. Um, the call, those calls are completely free. And uh, so, yeah, there's ways that you can connect via the website. Incredible. Thank you, Shane. You're very welcome. It's a pleasure to meet you. And thank you very much for inviting me to, to chat with you. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Phenomenal. Phenomenal. I have a concept that for us to be able to lead businesses, to lead ventures, lead in any shape or form, we first have to start with ourselves. And we have to start with the intrapersonal, intrapersonal. And part of leading oneself is being able to steward and manage one's mind. And a mentor once said to me, your mind is a womb, which means whatever you feed it will be developed and grown. And so we must start with the mind. And so I find this absolutely critical. Once we're able to master intrapersonal, then we're able to move on to interpersonal. So where we're able to influence and lead other people. Once we're able to lead and influence other people, then we're able to lead and influence institutions like a family uh, and uh, a business, you know, government, et cetera, et cetera. But it all starts with us. And I think a lot of the time, this starting with us, this management of self is completely ignored. And we talk about leading teams in as though is by osmosis, it starts with the ability to manage oneself before you can manage another person and then manage other people and institutions. So absolutely love this conversation with Shane. Definitely recommend um, following his work on the TDSL, Dialogue of Self-Liberation. I think I might have to invite him back on. (laughs) 
because I really did enjoy that. Thank you so much for tuning in. Take good care and God bless you.